open up your Bibles. We want to turn to Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. And I was just making some notes. Um, and uh, I was looking at uh, the CDC pushing the vaccine boosters and stuff. And, and if you'll, uh, Peter McCullough, if you'll get on uh, AmericaOutloud.com, um, you can see some help for those that have been vaccinated because there's been all these side effects and there's things you can do to help yourself out to get rid of the spike proteins. And I encourage you to do that, um, uh, to be able to do that. And so, uh, but one of the things is that, uh, you know, what they found out is that there's a 99.8% survival rate of COVID. Can I say that again? 99.8% survival rate. And all these deaths that they declared that were COVID weren't actually COVID. Because we forgot about the 50-some thousand people in America that die a year of the flu. But there was no flu that, those two years. It's amazing. And so when you start looking at how the government and these people mess around with numbers and statistics in order to take people and get them to mask. Have you ever read the box of the mask? You need to read the box that the mask come in. It says it will not protect you from any virus. It's on every box. But they'll push the mask because again, it's, a, it's, it's the way to control people. Uh, it's just really sad. Um, you know, and then we see the child trafficking. I heard about uh, Ohio, a thousand children missing in Ohio. They've never seen anything like this, and they don't know where these children are. In the state of Ohio, missing children. Crossing the border. Homeland Security says there's over 100,000 now children that have crossed the border, and they have no concept where they are. What is going on? The perversion. That's why America needs a revival, amen? They need, we need a revival here. Um, and then they were talking about the money we have spent on Ukraine, where the war is actually failing. It's just, it's the military people that want to wound and weaken Russia, and they're throwing everything at it, that the United States has actually spent over two hundred billion dollars to fund this war and now they don't know where all the money went this is your taxpayer money you say well Owen, don't get on no you need to know this it's ridiculous and all it would have taken was five billion dollars to finish the wall and the border of the southern United States but we'll spend two and 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 these politicians we can't spend five billion to finish a wall but we'll send 200 billion not even know what happened to it to a corrupt nation I'm not talking about the people of Ukraine I pray for them and we have helped them but I'm talking about corrupt politicians it's just so sad and then we, we've heard this time and time again that we need to defund police but now they're saying you don't need guns because the police will protect you 
But on the other side of their mouth, they're saying, but we need to defund police. It doesn't make any sense. You can't believe a lot of this jargon that's out there. And then we know that our government spending is out of control. They just passed another 45-day contention. And there's all this paranoia. Well, this is not going to happen if they don't get the money. Can I tell you, 70% of the government will still be funded even if they don't fund the rest of it? Come on now. You'll still get your Social Security check. But we have trillions and trillions of dollars of debt. But yet, some of our senators, senators, because they're worried about America, they're receiving gold and hiding gold bars in their home because they're not sure about the dollar. You need to be involved in your city, state, and local, the federal government, and you need to get involved. And I know there's a lot that we cannot control, but there's a lot of things that we need to be able to make our voices heard. Amen? It's really, it's really sad. I mean, we've taken 24 different times in the past two years, we've, we've taken from our military and given it to the Ukraine. 24 different times. We've weakened our own military. It's just, it doesn't make, we left $80 billion worth of equipment in Afghanistan. There is an agenda to bring down this nation. So while you still have the freedoms you have, while you're able to worship the Lord publicly, you need to be a light where you are, amen? And I tell you, and I tell you this time and time again, get your houses in order. Start preparing. David Wilkerson said he saw New York lit up in fire. And he said, you better get water and food set aside. That's not a paranoia statement. That's not a conspiracy. That is a prudent statement. To be a prudent believer, to be able to do that. Okay, let's get back to my message. Messing with worry. Well, Owen, you just said all that, and I'm worried now. You shouldn't be. Who's in charge? Who's in charge? Jesus. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed out begging for bread. Turn to your neighbor and say, you may have to help me with some bread. Tell them that. You may have to help me with some bread. I was thinking about, I heard this, and I thought this was so cute, and I don't promote gambling, but this was, this guy, he was, he was watching, he was at a horse race, and he watched this pastor go out there and anoint a horse, and he saw the horse win the race. The next day he came, and he saw the same pastor out there, and he anointed another horse, and the horse won the race. So he goes to the bank, he gets a bunch of money, he comes back, that pastor's not there, but there's a Catholic priest, and he's out there, 
and he's anointing the ears, the eyes, and everything, and he's like, oh my gosh, that's the one. And he puts all of his money on that horse. That horse gets three quarters of the way around the track, falls over dead. He goes and he finds that Catholic priest and he goes, Father, li listen to me, listen to me. I spent all my money on that horse. What, what, what happened? I saw the pastor do this two times the last couple of days and then you anointed this and this horse dies. He goes, that's the problem with you Protestants. You don't understand the difference between the blessing and the last rites. I thought that was pretty cute. Let's turn to Philippians 4, actually verses 5 through 7. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand, and do not be anxious about anything. Let's back that up. Do not be anxious about anything. In other words, don't worry. God is in charge. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by, by, say it louder, by, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Jesus, we just pray. Help us not only to be hearers of your word today. Allow us, Lord, to become doers, to take it in. Holy Spirit, help us to meditate upon it. Lord, these verses are powerful. There is so much in these verses that we need to digest, meditate upon, bring it up time and time again so that we can truly not live a life full of worry, full of anxiety, full of fear, but we can trust you, Jesus, because you are in charge. And everybody said amen. 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 Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart with all diligence. From out of the heart springs the issues of life. We're going to get to that in a little bit. But if you're not careful, the issues, the daily issues, the daily grind, the things that are poured into your heart, those issues can cause a hemorrhaging in your heart, a leaking, a brokenness frustration, worry. So my question to you this morning is, as you're sitting here or you're listening by live stream, what is in your heart? What is weighing on you today? What are you struggling with? What seems to be coming up time and time and time again? Is it your finances? Is it your marriage? Is it your children, your grandchildren? Is it the prodigal? Is it your neighbor? Is it fear? Is it pain? Is it rejection? Is it revenge? Nothing is worth your worry. You might want to write that down. Nothing is worth your worry. I'm going to say it one more time. There is nothing worth your worry. We've got to get that. Tell your neighbor, nothing's worth your worry. 
And here we look at Philippians 4, verses 5 through 7, and the vehicle that God gives us to remedy worry is prayer and supplication. So you've got to get in the vehicle of prayer. You've got to start it up. You've got to shift it into gear and say, Lord, I'm going to pray about this and give this to you. I'm going to pray about this and give this to you. I'm going to go deeper into that in a little bit, but I just want you to understand it's the remedy that God has given us. We make our request known to God. James tells us that we have not because we ask not. Well, I'm so upset at my children. I'm so upset at my boss. I'm so upset at God. We have not because we ask not. You can talk to everybody about it. You can let everybody pour things into you about it. You can get all upset about it, but you need to go talk to Jesus. Talk to Jesus. We need to do that Brandon Lake about the mom and talking to Jesus, that song. Got to talk to Jesus about it. When the father goes to pray and the son comes in. I remember when I was at really battling, oh, it was probably 23, 24 years ago, and I was just in my bedroom on my knees crying out to God. And we lived in a two-story house, so I was upstairs. And I remember Jared was in middle school, and I heard the door open. I didn't know who it was, but then I heard the door about a minute or two later close. And I was just in there weeping, crying out to God, asking for wisdom, direction, and everything. And I came downstairs, and Jared came up to me, and he put his arm around me, and he said, Dad, it's okay. Sometimes I cry out to God, too. And I said, I know, buddy, and you've always got to keep doing that. You always take it to Jesus first. Cry out to Jesus first. How many times as a child did I hear my mom in the bedroom weeping and praying for someone or my family? I'll never forget that. We knew when that door was shut to just leave her alone with Jesus that he was her strength. And what a great example uh, for our family was my mom being able to do that. Let's look at the first point today is this. Everything begins with prayer. Everything begins with prayer. Romans 16, 20. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ will be with you. He is the God of peace. He is the shalom God. He takes care of us. Amen? He's the God of peace. And then Philippians 1.9, we have not because we ask. Or Philippians 1.9, that's uh, the verse in James, we have not because we ask not, is James 4, verses 2 and 3. But Philippians 1.9, and it is my prayer that you may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. That is a prayer you need to be praying over your spouse, over your children, over your grandchildren, 
It is my prayer that you may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. How many know we need discernment today? Because everybody's got a voice and an opinion. You ever walked up into a car lot and the guys or the gals come out because they want to sell you a vehicle? And they've got all the answers. Some people were born sales. They were born to be salespersons. And, they got, and, and you try to get in, but they're giving you all the, because they need to sell in order to make an income. And so you, you understand that. You're prepared for that. But there are people in life that are going to come and they're going to sell you their opinion even if it doesn't line up with the Word of God. Have you ever heard of the statement, well, all men are like that? <laughs> or you're with a bunch of guys and that's just the way women are. <laughs> or you get with a group of guys and they say, what's said here stays here. <laughs> or the ladies do that. Take it to Jesus first. Don't make him the last person. Issues, according to this scripture, issues of the heart, they come from a heart that has been broken and wounded and is leaking. You've walked through divorce or divorces. Your health has been attacked. You're facing all kinds of peer pressure at work. You've lost a job. You're into it with somebody over your pets. There's all types of things. And if you're not careful, you'll spew out pain and infection that's in your heart. Come on now. And I believe the Lord brought some of you here today because you've got some pain, some issues, some poison that has rested in your heart. I know a couple that ended up divorcing over the husband's struggle with snoring. She moved him out of the bed into another room and eventually they ended up divorcing. That is pathetic. Get some earplugs, get a CPAC, do something. They've got some new stuff out. But I'm just talking about little things become issues, but it can cost you big time down the road. Because you let little things rise up. Well, they told me this and they didn't do that and I'm still mad at them. Suck it up, buttercup. Get over that stuff. People are going to hurt you. Your spouse is going to hurt you. I see Robin sitting back there today. What a mighty woman of God. Robin, when Brian shows up next Sunday, I'm going to introduce him to the congregation since he's been gone four Sundays in a row so that the church knows who he is. And I've let him know that. Yeah, she's all for it. She's like, amen. 
Some of you are like, well, I'm not going to let him know if I'm coming four Sundays in a row. I don't need that out there. Brian's a good friend of mine, so Pastor Brian Moore. Pastor Brian Moore, who's at the Colts game right now. Okay, just to let you all know. And two weeks was on the golf course with his buddies. Okay, oh, I'm sorry. No more details. <laughs> Some of you cannot take a compliment. You cannot feel valued because your heart has issues and is broken and leaking. Come on now. And you carried those issues into your marriage, into your job, because of the other job, because of previous relationships. You carried it into the church because of other issues in other churches. And I always tell people when they want to come to Church Alive and they're so excited and stuff, you know, in a subtle way I say, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you leave your baggage at the door? Because it's not the same group of ushers, ministers, teachers, children's workers, because everybody wants to carry that stuff from place to place. And God's like, just lay it down. Lay it down. But you can't take compliments. You can't feel valued even when people try to build you up or the Holy Spirit's building you up because you've got a damaged, hemorrhaging heart. Oh, my goodness. And I know you're here this morning. Maybe your damaged heart has been due to addiction, past failures, constant rejection, even even self-condemnation. Issues that God wants you to lay down at the altar. But it's so hard for us, isn't it? The way we were raised, the people around us, the hurt and pain. I can go to somebody, and they've been married a couple times, and I can say, hey, I ran into your, I was at the hospital, and I saw a guy. I said, hey, I ran into one of your exes the other day. He was asking how you were doing, and she exploded. Don't ever bring his name up in my presence again. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I said, well, hey, I've never met your dad. Is he here at the hospital with you? Don't bring his name up. I don't know his name. And before I left and I prayed, I just said, you have some father issues that have been projected onto men in your life. And until you deal with those, your health problems will probably increase because you cannot remain that angry and bitter. And I tell you that in love. And her sister, standing there, said, amen. (laughs) Speak the truth in love, not being a judge, but oh, my gosh. Are you here today and you're losing privately? Because when you're by yourself, you're not the same person. You're losing there. Although publicly, you're succeeding. Is that you this morning? You're losing privately. You put on a great front. Everything looks so good. 
but privately you are sinking. This message is for you today. You're dealing. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand, and do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If you don't do this, this is, these are some of the results of not letting the peace of God guard your heart. Anxiety, worry, panic attacks, depression, insomnia, uh, gluttony, addiction, health issues, relationship heartaches, more month and money. All this stuff builds up and it can just become a nightmare in your private life. And you need to trust God. I'm going to ask Mark Gordon to come up here. He's going to give a quick testimony in the middle of my message here. And I'm going to come back to this. But I want you to write down, what is your battle? What is it that you've doubted God about? What is it that you've allowed become an issue and you've really struggled. You've really struggled with this. Mark and I were talking this morning, and he was just telling me some things and some doubt that he had. I said, man, you got to share that. It goes right along with my message. And as soon as I uh, mentioned to my wife that uh, pastor asked me to share something, of course, she sent me a text to tell me what to say. <laughs> I'll get to, yeah, got an amen for that. <laughs> Last three weeks have been sort of wild. Um, and so what I shared with Pastor just beforehand, uh, you know how he teaches us and takes us through the word over and over again. Call out to God, trust his word, and it will come to pass. You all remember that? Shake your heads, yes. Okay. Well, I'm here to confess because it says in Scripture, confess your sins among the congregation and that you may be healed. I'm confessing today. I prayed for something for the last 42 years of my life. Uh, that came to pass here three weeks ago. Uh, let me tell you a little story. I had my oldest child, Shannon, uh, uh, my firstborn, and apple of my eye, um, called me up two weeks ago Friday. Two weeks ago Friday, I'm flying to California for uh, my 50th high school reunion. I know it's hard to believe, but it was 50 years ago. <laughs> So, and I wasn't going to go, but I had to go, so I had to go. Now I'm not going to go. I'm going. So now I'm stuck in Atlanta trying to get to California, and I get a 911 call from Shannon. Never get 911 calls, so it's like I'm concerned. Well, I get her on the phone, um, and she says, Dad, I said, what's up? She goes, it, it, calm down. It's okay. I had to get your attention because stuff is moving fast. Now I've got to jump back in the story. When I was a young man... And, uh, and we had Shannon. I've prayed for that first day for that little girl to have the right man for her as a husband, eventually give me grandboys. But, uh, you know, it's all been about her. That was 42 years ago. Uh, went through high school, college. She met a young man back years and years ago, back in high school, and he loved her from then, loved her till now. But as life goes, she went through, you know, rough times and whatever a few years ago. Uh, but, but 15 years ago, honey, 15. Met God again. Gloriously reborn. 
Now, I'm not, I'm not here to tell my story about, you know, once saved, always saved, or, you know, you can get saved every Friday night at, at revival time. I'm not, I don't care where we are on that. I am here to tell and testify this. My little girl is born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, different woman, and that's been my daughter the last 15 years, but she still doesn't have a guy. Okay, now, I know it's hard to believe because my wife always tells me that I make coffee nervous. She's worse than me. She is a big personality. And so, uh, I'm, uh, so I get this 911 call, Dad. Now, she finally found this guy that she'd been sweet on, and he'd been sweet on hers 25 years ago back in high school. Okay? And we thought maybe March, April, or May, I'm going to get that thing done. <laughs> right? Dad, um, things are moving fast. I'm thinking, uh-oh. Well, she and Mike... Bid on a house. I know she's now moved from, I'm headed to California. They've moved from Nevada down to Alabama. And so she says, uh, Dad, uh, Mike and I bid on this house, the house of our dreams. It's beautiful, wonderful, la, 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 and we won. Oh, congratulations. Uh, well, not so fast, Dad. Um, he put his house up for sale in Las Vegas. Very nice, brand new home. It sold, it closes at the same time. And, Dad, we've got to get married because I will not move into our new house unless I'm married. You know, train up a child in the way he will go and he will only not depart therefrom. So at least I got one thing right. But the deal was, but, Dad, uh, we're going to get married next, uh, now this is two weeks ago Friday. We're going to get married next Saturday at 530. Daddy, will you come down and marry us? Okay, so I said, okay, uh, as soon as you're done here, call mom, because she's back at home, call her and tell her the whole thing, and we'll figure it out. So I go to my reunion, come back, we have a very, very busy, busy deal to do uh, that week. On Friday, we had a big family event that we had to attend, so Mandy and I could not leave till Saturday morning, we could go yesterday, okay, to drive to Alabama to marry my little girl. Huh? Alabama, yeah, Alabama, right. So, okay, so we jump in the car at 5.30, we run down there and, uh, you know, run down to Alabama, get there just after lunch, go to the go hotel, put on our suit and per, real pretty dress, we head over, take the pictures, and they had planned, my new son-in-law, my new son, <laughs> had just planned for, uh, you know, to set this thing up jump in the car, They'll, it's a 30 minute drive to the event, jump in the car, we're headed out there. So we're driving along, chatting along, and, and, and they said, Dad, you know, uh, uh, Shannon says, Daddy, you know, what's, we'll do this, and say, we were, you know, I go, okay, do you have the stuff for the communion? Yes, I'll make the details about the service. In the middle of it, she says, Daddy, Mike has something he wants to ask you. So I'm driving along here, nice hills of Alabama, trees, everything, very, very pretty. And this, I look at this guy, very handsome guy. I look down and there's tears coming down his face. Now he's been in love with my little girl for 25 years. And I have been praying for my little girl for 42 plus years to find somebody that'll take care of this big personality. His eyes are coming, pouring down tears. Uh, and he says, Mr. Gordon. I'm like, where's my dad? <laughs> can, can I... Have, I know it's, things are a little fast and we're sort of moving things quickly. Can I have your permission 
to marry Shannon, and more importantly, will you bless our marriage? I drive right into a tree. <laughs> now, the whole point of all this, and there's two points on that I want to be sharing with Pastor about. This is confessing my sins. I've been praying for this for 42 years. But when you pray for it all the time every day, sometimes you don't pray for it every day. And so as soon as he asked that, that has been not a bucket lister for me. That's been, as a dad, as a daddy, the desire of my heart since I first held her. That her man, whoever that might be, and she's never been married. She's never been married. Would ask for her hand and my blessing. My hair is on fire. <laughs> right? I was, three things happened very quickly. One, I was joy beyond joy. Two, I felt very, very guilty and checked in my spirit. Was talking to the Holy Spirit about all the things he's taught us and preached about it. About Faithfulness of God, faithfulness of God, faithfulness of Scripture. Stand right, do the right thing, and you will be blessed. That's the truth. Amen. All of those sermons, a lot of years, that fact to hear. And the third was, you'll be granted the desire of your heart. Now, I talked about the text before going any farther, the text that my wife sent me. Downstairs at our house, uh, uh, in our apartment area, we, we, uh, she has a prayer room that she goes in every day. And she, it's basically a giant closet. She's turned into a prayer room, and she has, has her uh, 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 Bible study and prayer time. And then on the wall, she has things she's praying for. The first thing she, that hit Mandy was, I can go home and take that prayer request off that wall and put it into the answered box. She's prayed for it for the first day that Shannon became her stepdaughter. Grant my daughter a man who will love you. Grant my daughter uh, uh, be, to be married in the apple, the happiness of her life. And he answered that prayer. So I don't know where this story is going other than been married for two weeks. And it's wonderful, but, you know, the faithfulness of God... It never changes. The scriptures are true. And I got a new son. Amen. Don't take my notes. Your wife's done that before, okay? But I just wanted you to hear that because sometimes in the process of praying, we have to wait upon God's timing. But he's faithful, amen? So if we look at this, we look at point number two. Remind yourself of what God says in the Bible. Remind yourself of what God says in the Bible. In Psalm 119.11, I have stored up my word, your word in my heart. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 59.16, but I will sing of your strength. I will sing aloud of your steadfast love in the morning. For you have been to me a fortress, a refuge in the day of my distress. God is there. And it's important when we go back to Philippians 4, and it says, And the peace of God, 
And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts. You don't want the issues of the world getting in under your heart, causing leakage, causing brokenness, causing you to hemorrhage, because if you have the peace of God, he will guard your heart. He will guard your heart. Some of you, the Holy Spirit's nudging you right now because you don't have that peace. And you can't walk that out. In Mark 4, it says, I will hide your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Your heart is precious. I'm going to go back to that scripture I read earlier. Proverbs 4, 23, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Out of your heart flows the issues of life. Guard it. One version says, out of your heart flows the courses of life. Guard your heart. In order to live out what God has for you. There's a wellspring. The Holy Spirit's just overflowing your life, and there's good fruit that he wants to produce in you and through you. But if you're allowing the ugly in, the naysayers, the complainers, the liars, if, if you're letting the manipulators, I want to tell you something. You've heard me say this time and time again. Adam said this time and time again. Who you hang with is who you become, and their spirit will jump on you if you're not careful. If you're working with guys and all you ever hear is my old lady, my old lady, and if you're working with men and all you ever are ladies and, and, and all they're saying is, oh, my lazy man, my old man, my old man, those are not the kind of people that respect their spouse. That's not who you need to be listening to. Because if you're not careful, you're going to pick up that attitude toward them. God wants you to respect those closest to you. Qualify those who have access to your heart, okay? You can write that down. Qualify those that have access to your heart. So my question to you this morning, is your heart leaking issues or is your heart full of life? Is your heart leaking issues, or is it full of life? There is no perfect human being around you, including your mom, your dad, your spouse, your parents. They're flawed. They're flawed. You want your heart full. That's why you pray for that future spouse. You pray for your children's spouses. You pray for your grandchildren's spouses. I mean, I prayed and prayed and prayed for Shaloi, not knowing who she was going to be. I prayed for her. And when we got married, God used me to help fulfill her heart. Some of you ladies are going, uh, I hate it when he does that. Sally, it's okay. God wants that heart filled with love. The third point is speak words of gratefulness. Lord, I want you to just 
your joy to overwhelm me. Lord, I want to walk in that peace. I want to live hope. I want to have good expectations, God, of what you're going to do. Even though the world is falling apart, Jesus is on the throne, and you can still have a great life right where you are. Because it's not about your money or your things. It's all about him. It's all about him. We want the wellspring of life to flow up and out of us. Amen? But if you allow the wrong focus, the wrong people, the wrong spirit, it can destroy God's best. Can I tell you, if you continue to live in the flesh, you are going to open your life up for the demonic. The flesh leads to the demonic. Guard yourself against divorce, greed, lust, envy. Make sure it doesn't get into you. Psalm 119 verses 1 and 4. I want to read these two. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. And then verse 4. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. When you worry, the torment of worry comes from fear. And the torment from fear is anxiety. Because you fear things. You can't control things. You've got to have that peace of God that he's in charge. Psalm 59, 16, but I will sing of your strength. I will sing out loud of your steadfast love in the morning. For you have been to me a fortress and a refuge in the day of my distress. Anxiety has its root in fear because you're worrying. Because worry leads to fear. And listen, worry is the opposite of faith. Would you stand with me this morning? Worry is the opposite of faith. Anxiety, and this is for some folks here, anxiety is when your mind starts playing out terrible scenarios. Anxiety is when your mind starts playing out terrible scenarios. Anxiety is anticipation of the worst case situation, which is the opposite of hope. Hope is the anticipation of God's best case. Faith is believing that God's best interests are for you. Because we have Christ. But we can't have hope in money and things because, man, they just rust and fall apart. You really can't have hope in people because they're going to let you down. Just with your heads bowed, the last point is guard your heart. Guard your heart. Some of you... You get a letter from the IRS, and first thing you think, oh, no. First thing I think is, I'm going to have a refund. I must have messed up on my taxes. <laughs> or your boss calls you in. First thing you think is, oh, no, I've messed up. I'm going to get demoted, or they're going to fire me. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm going to get a bonus. Because I know I'm working hard. Come on now. Where's your heart at? What are you looking for? When I come home and I see my wife, she, I'm just believing she's going to tell me how precious I am in her sight. 
doesn't always happen, but that's how I look at it. What are you looking for? Guard your heart with heads bowed this morning. I just believe that when it says there to pray, prayer and supplication, supplication, you got to get this before you go. We spend about 30 seconds praying, but supplication is an extended time of prayer with intention. It's the transference of a burden from you to God. Supplication is an extended time of prayer with intention being the transfer of a burden. Cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Most of you are carrying that burden. You're trying to do it on yourself. You're not really using supplication to say, God, I'm giving you this and I'm no longer going to carry. There is freedom in that. By prayer and supplication, we've got this fast food, fast prayer mentality. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Where are you at? Psalm 106.1, praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love is forever. Colossians 4.2, continually steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. 1 Timothy 4, 4 and 5, for everything created by God is good, and nothing is being rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is made holy by the word of God. So with your heads bowed, and I'm going to ask some of you to take a bold step today. You struggle with worry, with anxiety, with fear. I just want to anoint you and pray for you today. You've allowed the enemy to allow the issues of life. You made the choice. The devil didn't do it. You made the choice. But now it's become an issue and you've been hemorrhaging, your heart's been broken, there's been leakage, and your heart's not been guarded because you no longer have the peace of God. If that's you this morning, would you just step out and come forward? I don't care if it's been a health report, something going on, I'm not going to ask you what it is, I'm just going to anoint you and pray with you. If that's you this morning, would you please step out? Because God wants worry to stop messing up your life. He wants you to understand it begins with prayer. He wants you to remind yourself of what his word says. He wants you to speak words of gratefulness. And then he wants you to guard your heart. He wants you to guard your heart by preventing those ugly things and those wrong people from speaking to you. Anybody else? I'm going to let the rest of the folks go here in a moment. But anybody else? You're like, man, I just need to be anointed and prayed for. I need to be anointed and prayed for. I'm going to ask Pastor Jeff to come up, Pastor Taylor, Pastor Adam to come up, get some anointing oil here, and help me pray. Harold, if you'll come up, we're going to anoint these folks. We're going to pray for them. Get one to Harold. 
it is time for the issues of life to stop weighing you down. Come on, church. God wants to set them free. If you don't know Christ is your Lord and Savior, you can receive him today. You can invite Jesus in and say, I believe you're the Son of God. Forgive me of my sins. You died and you rose from the grave. The Bible says, believe and receive. I believe you're the Son of God. I receive your forgiveness. I want to live for you. You can do that, even if you're watching, even at home. Lord, just help them to lay down the issues of life. They're going to anoint and pray. Jared's going to continue to play. God bless the rest of you. Have a great week. You don't want to miss next Sunday's message. I'm telling you, it's really going to be good next Sunday. God bless you. Have a great week.